Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, and every week I'll take you behind the scenes of my life on the road, working on the big stories you care about the most. Here's where I'll share all the great interviews that don't make the final cut. Some might be funny, some might be strange. They're all a part of the puzzle I'm putting together every day to inform you. This is Enton Across America. Hey everybody, hope you're having a good week. What a wild, wild week this has been when it comes to the Alec Murdoch case saga. I mean, man, this has already taken so many wild twists and turns if you've been following this story, and I know so many of you have, things that were totally unexpected, but I don't think any of us could have predicted what was going to happen with this new motion for a new trial and all of this information and the accusations that have come out against uh, the uh, the clerk of courts in South Carolina. Unbelievable. I'm going to get to all of that in a second. And we've got some really interesting uh, interviews on the podcast for you um, with uh, Murdoch's defense attorneys. Um, also, uh, Joe McCullough, who's the lawyer who represents the jurors who came forward. And I'm going to explain all that. And then also, I've got a long interview for you uh, coming up with Neil Gordon, who is the co-author of the book that the clerk wrote, which is one of the reasons that this whole motion came about. I'm going to explain all that to you in a second. Before I forget, though, I wanted to remind everybody about CrimeCon. Um, CrimeCon is a big convention every year. All sorts of true crime enthusiasts come together, podcasters, TV hosts, um, investigators, even police victims, families. They all come together for this big convention. It's called CrimeCon. This year it's in Orlando. Um, it's the weekend of September 22nd, and I'm actually going to be there uh, along with some of the other News Nation contributors. Uh, Jesse Weber will be there, Jennifer Koffendoffer, Sarah Azari, um, a whole News Nation gang is going to be there. Super excited about it. Um, I'm going to be giving like a little speech on um, uh, Saturday, September 23rd. I think it's in the afternoon. You have to look at the official schedule. They've changed the time a couple times. Uh, I'm going to give a speech about kind of behind the scenes, everything that I experienced, going to all these big crime stories. Um, but but I'm excited because we're going to have this booth there. We're going to have a News Nation booth so people can come by and we can meet everybody and we can talk. And it, it's just going to be awesome to meet everybody that I'm, I feel like I'm friends with on Twitter and social media who've uh, followed all these cases who I DM with and do all that stuff with. So it's, it's going to be awesome to meet everybody face to face. Plus, like I said, like the whole news nation crew is going to be there. My buddy Paige, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, our executive producer Paige, um, <clears throat> who does a lot of the behind the scenes work. She's going to be there too. My producer, Lauren Luis, who likes to stay behind the scenes, but Luis, my cameraman, you probably remember him from, um, me covering Gabby Petito. He's going to be there. So 
if you uh, if you can make it that weekend, check out CrimeCon. Again, it's the weekend of September 22nd um, in Orlando. It should be really fun. But back to this Alec Murdoch craziness. Okay, let me just kind of start from the beginning of this latest chapter. So his defense, um, and for people who really uh, need a little refresher, Alec Murdoch, legal royalty in South Carolina, convicted of murdering his wife and son, a long ordeal. I was at the trial went on for weeks and weeks and weeks, he was convicted. Well, his attorneys announced that they're going to be filing a motion for a new trial. Um, and that's, I mean, we expected that. You know, there's a lot of money backing Murdoch. The murder, he's got good um, attorneys. We expected a motion for a new trial. I got word, and they were going to be having a press conference. Um, I got word that it had to do with jury tampering, made it a little more interesting, uh, but still somewhat routine. I'm like, well, let's see what they've got. Um, then I got a little tip that it had to do with the clerk of courts, and they were and, and my tipster was like, "You're gonna, you gotta be at this press conference. Like, there's, this is crazy, crazy." Well, it turns out we get a copy of the motion before the press conference with the lawyers, with Murdoch's defense lawyers, and this is some wild stuff. These are wild and crazy and really bombshelly accusations against the clerk of court in Colleton County, South Carolina. Her name is Rebecca Hill. She goes by Becky Hill. A lot of us saw her during the trial while we were there. It's been clerk of court, I think, for about two years. Uh, but basically, Murdoch's attorneys are alleging that Rebecca Hill, the clerk, elected by the people, very big job, in charge of sort of organizing the jury system there in Colleton County, um, that behind the scenes she was pressuring jurors to reach a guilty verdict so that she could profit off of it, that she told the juror during the trial that everything Murdoch has said has been lies, that she told jurors that their deliberations should not take long, and that she told jurors not to be fooled by Murdoch's testimony. Um, and it's about a 70-page motion that the defense filed. And what's so interesting about this is it's not just like the defense saying this. They have got sworn affidavits from two jurors in this motion. Um, so they went out and interviewed the jurors, and this is what the jurors are telling them. And they they essentially said this like under oath. There's a sworn affidavit um, that the jurors are alleging that the clerk said all of these things during the trial and dur during deliberations, which if that's true, I mean, holy cow, that really is the basis for a new trial. That really could be the basis for a new trial. Um, and and what the defense attorneys from Murdoch are saying is that the clerk wrote this book behind the doors of justice and that she wanted to make money off the book and that she wrote the book right after the trial was over and the defense attorneys told us that they had gone out and tried to interview these Murdoch jurors to very common for defense attorneys to do that as they plan for their appeal to kind of get in the head of the jurors. And most of the jurors did not want to talk to them, didn't want to have anything to do with the defense. But when the clerk of court, Rebecca Hill's book came out, according to Murdoch's lawyers, it ticked off some of these jurors. Something about that book, whether she wrote the book, maybe just made them mad. Like, why is an elected official who's still in the job like writing a book about the trial, like shouldn't she be more professional than that? Maybe that made them mad. Um, we don't know exactly what made them mad about this book, but when the book came out, several of them agreed to talk to the Murdoch defense lawyers, and that is when it all came out according to the lawyers that 
Becky Hill, the clerk behind the scenes, was talking to the jurors during the trial and pressuring them to reach a guilty verdict. And I mean, I, I go check out this motion if you want to read it. I mean, again, it's like 70 pages. The um, the sworn affidavits from the jurors are in there. There's a few um, snippets from her book that they're using. They're also saying, you know, she tried to make money and that she was in her book. She talks about, you know, that she got to go to the Today Show and it was her first time on a plane and she got to have room service and she got to, you know, drive in a black SUV and it was all very exciting. And the defense is trying to show like, look, she's the clerk of courts. Like, why is she writing a book? Why is she talking about this? Why is she like trying to get famous? Um, and then really the bombshell, why is she pressuring jurors to reach a guilty verdict? So they are not only asking for uh, a new trial for Murdoch because of this, they are also asking for a federal investigation into the clerk. And um, whether it's in the courtroom as they ask for the new trial, as that moves forward with hearings or if there is indeed a federal investigation, these other jurors are going to probably get interviewed and we're going to learn a lot more about all of this and whether it really is true. But again, we've got the sworn affidavit from the jurors already. So really, really juicy stuff and really alarming if true. I mean, I've covered a lot of trials and um, that's just like a big no-no. Uh, even as just a reporter, as a member of the public, like you do not talk to the jurors. I mean, if I'm, I've been in an elevator with jurors before, like I look at the ground, it's like so uncomfortable because you can screw up a whole case, let alone if this is true, the clerk of court talking to the jurors and not only talking to the jurors, but talking to them about the case and pressuring them to reach a guilty verdict. It's all really unbelievable. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see the way uh, it all plays out. I want you to hear a snippet. Jim Griffin um, and one of the attorneys from Murdoch, they spoke outside um, the Court of Appeals in South Carolina. I was there. Uh, listen to uh, what Mr. Griffin had to say. What we had filed today, it, it, supported by sworn testimony of jurors, is that the clerk of court had improper private communications with the jurors and the subject matter, the subject matter of those communications was the credibility of the defense that the Murdoch legal defense team put up, and it was the believability of the defendant's own testimony. Now, there's been a lot of said, talked about whether Alex should have taken the stand. I can assure you, I can assure you, when we considered what factors and what we should and should not do and considered whether he should take the stand, we never considered the likelihood, as reported to us by the jurors, that the clerk of court would go in to the sanctity of the jury room before he testified and tell the jurors, don't be fooled by his testimony, watch out for his body language. And, and that is what the sworn testimony that we have filed in court today says. And if that is true, which we have every reason to believe that it is, and no reason to believe that it's not, there's no choice but the courts to grant a new trial. So again, all of this was really more than I think most people expected with this motion. I mean, truly... Uh, a bombshell. Um, and it was interesting to be there um, in South Carolina during that press conference because there were a lot of lawyers mingling around who were like, I have never heard of anything like this. If this is true, this is wild. Uh, we reached out to the um, clerk of court, Rebecca Hill, uh, and uh, her office said she wasn't making a comment. Um, I talked to her co-author of the book, who knows her very well. They wrote a book together. We're going to get to that interview in a second. But I want you to hear from Joe McCullough. He's another lawyer in South Carolina. 
I got to know him a little bit during the trial, but he actually represents two of the jurors who spoke to Murdoch's defense attorneys, and he's representing those jurors. I caught up with him also um, there in, in the Capitol uh, soon after the news broke that they were filing um, this motion for a new trial um, and wanted to talk to him, obviously, because he represents the the two jurors who, who uh, gave those sworn affidavits. Listen to uh, what attorney Joe McCullough had to tell me. Can you tell us, sir, why the jurors felt it was important to, to come forward with this information? Well, I don't want to get into their motivations. Um, they reluctantly agreed to talk to the defense. Uh, they told the defense uh, the best of their recollections. And, uh, you know, this is one of those chips fall where they may. I mean, I have a lot of regard for the clerk uh, of Colleton County, and, and uh, it's unfortunate that we find ourselves here. So it's hard to say where this goes, but it is a challenge to our court system now to evaluate all this and determine what is the next right thing to do. And these were sworn affidavits from the jurors basically saying that, that the clerk was talking about the defendant. Um, and, and according to the defense, they came forward because they were upset about that. Is it possible that they're also upset now with, with, with the verdict, with the way they chose to, to vote guilty? Well, I, I, again, I don't want to talk about the motivations. I think that the, uh, the, the really long motion, 65 pages, I think, uh, pretty much spells out the defense position and their concern about whether or not there was interference with this jury's uh, process. And, and that's a, uh, such an important fundamental part of our criminal justice system. It all fails if we don't have fair trials. So that's what this is about. We spoke to you a lot during the trial, Joe. You're an expert on South Carolina law. You're an expert on this case. I mean, you were there for most of the trial. Um, do you think this warrants a new trial for Alec Murdoch? Do you think that's what needs to happen if all of this turns out to be true? Well, I, I hate to engage in what ifs. I will say that, that the assertions by the defense today, buttressed by statements made by people I represent, they're serious. Uh, and there certainly is a way that our court could find that, that this cannot be uh, assigned as harmless error. Uh, but we'll have to wait for the court to do its work. So again, this is really, I mean, I'm going to be following this very, very closely to see how this plays out. And, and it is a real possibility that Alec Murdoch could have another trial, that I could be there again covering another trial, which opens up a whole big can of worms because... Will Murdoch testify again? A lot of people thought that was his downfall the first time. Um, would his testimony from the first trial be allowed at a second trial? Um, you know, there's there's uh, there's a lot. It, it's really um, it's going to be very very interesting to see how this uh, this plays out. But back to Neil Gordon for a second. He is the co-author of the book with Rebecca Hill, the book that they wrote called Behind the Doors of Justice. Uh, he's a local journalist told me he didn't really know the clerk until after the trial, but they teamed up for this book, S supports the clerk, says she's a good woman, obviously doesn't know, you know, if perhaps the clerk just didn't disclose to him these things that the jurors are alleging, but this came as a surprise to Neil. Uh, I spoke with Neil. Um, I want you to listen to, uh, to our conversation. So, Neil, first of all, uh, what was your reaction when you heard this news that the defense uh, was – was accusing Becky Hill of 
you know, basically interfering with with the trial, interfering with the jurors. Very shocked. I mean, I've interviewed her for four months straight, and we talked about every possible situation that came up because you have to understand her purview is not only the jury, but it's helping the judge. It's the witnesses and defense attorneys ordering lunch, media, the, you know, bailiffs, the people coming in and never uh, any inkling uh, of it. And I asked her about it. And in the book, the only involvement with the jury that she had that we discussed was that um, one of the ladies was, was in need of some feminine products. And she made sure that, uh, she got what she needed so she could continue being on the jury that day. Um, she also mentioned that uh, she asked some members of the of her crew if they wanted to pray, and they routinely did that, as the jury did. And I asked her, I said, did you ever pray with the jury then? She said, oh, no, 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 no. No legal entities are allowed um, by law to pray together. So I thought that was an interesting line in the sand that she drew with that. Brian, the other thing that we discussed in the book about the jury is the day of the trip to Moselle, the crime scene, there was someone who goes live at trials all over the country and he has press on his shirt, but he wasn't credentialed. She was really concerned that he was going to videotape the faces of the jury. So that's how protective she was of the jury. Interesting. I mean, I think what makes this really sort of a bombshell is that it's not just the defense saying this, but they have these affidavits, these sworn affidavits from the jurors, from multiple jurors. Um, I mean, you're you're a reporter. You've been doing this a long time. Um, you obviously also got to know Becky, but you know, it, it's hard to imagine why these jurors would be lying about this. Is it possible she just didn't tell you? I can't speak to that. I know we discussed um, anything we could possibly discuss about all of her days running the courtroom. I know that she has retained an attorney, and I understand she's going to be responding to each of those allegations and the affidavits and meeting with various government officials. Um, and, I, and I know she'll release a statement, but I wasn't there, and I, I honestly don't know. How did you get connected with her to write the book? It was a neat story. My wife, Melissa, is a photographer. And she and her colleague, Addie, were continually watching it on News Nation and other cable networks, just seeing the feed, and they couldn't concentrate on their work. So uh, we're in Augusta, Georgia, two hours away from Walterboro. They just got in their car, and they just kind of wanted to document what was happening at the trial and also the surrounding areas. And surprise chance meeting with Becky that day that this sort of renegade journalist was out taking videos and the concern was about the jury faces. Um, Melissa Metter said, hey, can I take a selfie? I'm thinking about um, maybe doing a coffee table book. She shared that with her weeks later. And Becky said, well, I'm kind of thinking about doing a book. This was the trial of the century. So we got all put together and we all hit it off. And then we fast track this, uh, actually trying to make it in advance of the boat trial, which never occurred. And we did succeed in uh, being out in late July of 2023. Have you talked to Becky since these allegations came about? 
Yes, I have talked to Becky very briefly. She's been incredibly busy, a lot of attorney meetings. There's been a number of media outlets that have been trying to reach her. Um, I am expected to talk with her uh, on the evening, uh, Wednesday evening here, uh, September the 6th, and um, see what the very latest is. But I'm I'm not I'm unsure other than I know she's retained counsel and um, she uh, is going to fight the allegations. Did she seem concerned? Did she seem upset when you talked to her? Well, um, she said to me, I'm still standing. And, you know, she's a spiritual lady. I mentioned before she prayed with her staff and she she relies on a higher power. And she knows that um, anything in the dark will come to light. And so she has faith in this uh, process and in the judicial system as well. Did you think it was strange that even while the trial was still going on and she's an elected official with such a big job? that had to do with this whole thing, that she would be considering writing a book? Well, I didn't meet her until three weeks after the trial wrapped. So I never talked with her really about that. I think, and what I meant by, you know, she was interested in writing a book, she has had an interest, I understand, since she was a little girl in writing a book. And they always say, Brian, everybody has a book in them. And I think the decision was really made um, well after the trial. And, you know, you got to remember, she was involved in 14, 16 hour days, just trying to keep all of the judicial balls in the air. She ever say to you, like, gee, Neil, I think it might not be, maybe it's not a good idea for me to write a book. Like I'm, I'm the clerk, I'm elected, I'm still in the role. It hasn't been that long since the trial. I mean, was she ever concerned about that? Well, she was, and she actually sought out a very noted media attorney in the two-state area of Georgia and South Carolina, and then she also contacted the Ethics Commission in Columbia, and she explained what she was trying to do, which is really just document and chronicle what it was like behind the doors of justice, just to kind of put all of this together, and they just said to her, listen, you you cannot talk about anything confidential or sealed documents, but we live in a country that's freedom of the press and anyone is entitled to their opinion. So if a jury, if a juror wants to write a book from their experiences, there's nothing that prohibits them either. Um, the defense attorney said that it was the book that upset some of the jurors and caused the jurors to end up talking to the defense. Uh, I mean, what do you make of that? They were obviously offended by something in the book. You know, I don't know. That's an excellent question. And I do know one of the jurors is going to be releasing a book. I don't know about others. I don't know if maybe they thought, well, darn, she beat me to it, or I really want to write it. I mean, it's hard to sort of look inside um, the jurors' minds and and understand why she might have been upset. Um, why they but might is, have been Is it upset. possible though that that she just never told you these things when you were interviewing her for the book and doing the book together? That she maybe knew, gosh, like maybe I shouldn't have done that and just didn't reveal that during the process of writing the book. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know Becky as a tremendous person of uh, integrity and character, kind of a person that's um, honest to a fault that, you know, if you look the other way, she's not going to do anything that would be distrustful. So that's all that I can go by is I found her to be a person of integrity and, and high character. That's all I know. What about this theory that the defense has put forward that Becky uh, was was looking to make money, that this has all been about money with the book? Yeah. So that's the part that really irked me about Harpoolian and, and Griffin. Most people think, well, uh, Random House or Simon & Schuster is going to send you a check for $250,000 and you've got this advance and you can do whatever you want. The reality is we did this with our blood, sweat and tears and $30,000 worth of money of our own, our own life savings together just to try to document this and tell the story. So the notion that perhaps she was waiting on a book deal or advance money and that she wanted to get certain information is absolutely ridiculous and absolutely false. And it really it kind of upsets me and that that kind of is very telling to me about their statement one thing that i couldn't follow with what they were trying to say was like if she was trying to push the verdict to be guilty and it didn't seem to me like wh how that would affect the book either way whether it was guilty or not guilty it sounds like she was going to write a book either way you know like that part i didn't really follow yeah um I have no idea. And, you know, and you have to understand with the clerk of court, I mean, they they really cannot influence anything. It It's kind of like the business we're in, in the news business, there's someone there in the nerve center, whether it be an executive producer or an assignment editor, and they're just juggling. And they're really like the operations arm of things, not involved whatsoever in really any of the discussions or anything like that about um, the actual case. I guess that you know of, I mean, you can only go based on what she told you, right? I mean, you weren't, you weren't there with her during the, during the trial. No, I was not. I didn't meet her till very late in March. And then we got, you know, got started uh, on the book uh, after that. Is it a weird feeling that the book you co-authored could very much have something to do with Alec Murdoch getting a new trial? The possibility of that. Do you know, I... I don't think that's the case at all because the book stands on its own. I mean, it's very accurate. I don't think there's anything in the, in the book um, that would create any sort of uh, issue in my humble opinion. Um, and I hadn't really stopped to kind of think about it um, just because 
the last 24 hours have, have just sort of been a whirlwind about what's going on with this Murdoch case. So Neil Gordon, obviously shocked by these accusations against the clerk right now, for the most part, he's standing up for the clerk. There was something else interesting I forgot to mention um, on top of the allegations that she was pressuring jurors to um, come back with a guilty verdict. The defense is also saying that she wasn't allowing the jurors during deliberations to take smoke breaks, which is interesting. There were six jurors that were smokers. And during the trial, throughout the entire trial, they were allowed to have smoke breaks. But during the deliberations, the defense lawyers say the clerk didn't allow smoke breaks, which is kind of interesting to think about, because if you're a serious smoker, and I'm not, but I've got a few friends who are, um, that would be a problem. I mean, if you're in a very tense, stressful situation like jury deliberations, and you're told you can't ever take smoke breaks, would that possibly rush things along and make you disagree with the other jurors? Because you're like, I need a sm- I need a cigarette. That's what the uh, defense is alleging. So um, going to be interesting to see the way it plays out. Uh, also, by the way, has Alec Murdoch reacting to all of this? Um, the attorneys say that he was astonished and shaking in disbelief when they gave him this news. Obviously, very good news for him because there's a very good chance that he could get a, uh, another trial. And of course... I'll be there if there is another trial. We'll, we'll let you know how all this plays out. Uh, another reminder, CrimeCon, end of September. September, uh, let me double check the date, 22nd, the weekend of the 22nd, Orlando. Super excited. I hope to see a lot of you there. We're all excited at News Nation. Come by our booth. We're going to have some swag to give away. Um, and uh, it'll, it'll be a fun weekend. We can uh, hang out, get drinks together. I'll have a good time. Um, and... Uh, you know, that's about it. Thank you so much um, for listening again. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll see you guys soon on News Nation or on uh, our CrimeCon. what i'm up to next make sure to tune into news nation uh, if you don't know how to watch us i know we're still kind of new you don't know where we are on the dial you can go to www.joinnn.com you just put in your zip code and the channel finder and we'll show you where to find us and also don't forget we are on all the streamers hulu roku youtube tv uh, and if you have a story you think that i need to know about just find me on twitter you can shoot me a dm and i'll make sure to look into it i'll catch you next time on enton across america Thank you.